You are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Healing definitely comes in different forms and shapes. And today we have a very special guest with us, Tatiana Zamir, and she's going to talk about healing as a doorway to joy and how she uses dance and movement therapy to help people find healing. Welcome, Tatiana. Thanks for having me. We're super excited to have you today. This is very exciting stuff. When I was familiarizing myself with some of your work, it's healer and it's choreographer and it's dancer and it's artist. And the first question that came to mind for me was, if somebody asks you what you do, what do you tell them? Oh my God, it's such a hard question for me. I'm still figuring it out because I literally do so many things, even though I feel like they're all connected. You know, I was actually meditating on this recently and I, I came up with a phrase that I might just start telling people, which will I'll still have to explain it. So I actually don't know how helpful this is, but healing arts conductor is this phrase that came to me in my meditation. And I feel like it just kind of covers everything that I do because everything that I do is connected to healing and everything I do is connected to the arts and movement. And I'm usually orchestrating it in some way or organizing it, not always, but that is a role that I, I tend to play as well. So, but yeah, all those things you mentioned and more, you know, I also do coaching and sometimes I still do body work, you know, um, Reiki and massage and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's a lot. Even for me, I'm always like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing right now? <laughs> I definitely have to, you know, take it, take a time to be like, what's the focus? Cause there's just so many ways, you know, you can go. Yeah. The way of healing and the way of being a healer definitely has many turns and routes that you can take as a dancer. What was your journey like and how did you find your way into healing? My grandmother put me in dance classes when I was very little, but then there was quite a few years where I wasn't um, taking classes. And I think when I was about like in seventh grade, I had really bad posture and I used to like cave in my chest a lot, which later as I, you know, went to Ipsby and just was learning more about the mind-body connection, you know, I'm sure that, that was just the way I was protecting my heart, right? So she put me into dance to actually help with my posture and put me in the ballet to just help me, you know, walk with more openness and, and alignment and elegance and all that stuff. So even though her intention was just like, oh, we need to straighten up your back, you know, but really <laughs> it was also something that started to heal me because not only did it change the structure of my body, which as you know, I know you guys know the mind body is connected. So as my body was structurally changing, my heart was also opening and beginning to heal. And also dance has just always been a way for me to connect with my joy and connect with spirit and connect with my highest self. So it was definitely a big part of what started my healing journey. Very cool. Beautiful. I, uh, as a mover myself, moving is very important to me. It's part I try to make it part of my morning routine where every morning I get up and move around and I check in to see where my body's at and where I'm holding on to tension. And even as I go throughout the day, you can feel if your body's hanging on to tension, you can feel how stress attaches itself physically to you. And I believe movement of any form, including dancing, is really important to, mm -hmm. to let people express those emotions and that energy that's stuck. Yes, right? it's so important. <laughs> 
One of the beautiful things about dance for me is that we don't have to question it. Mm-hmm. There's no need for explanation. We're moving, right? How, how are we moving? How is the music making us move? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's such a beautiful way to just really let go. I think it's hard for a lot of folks to get out of our heads, right? And overthink. And we're just always, especially if you're living in a major city, there's just a lot going on. So being in your body and moving, it's just a way to really tap into the body's intelligence, right? And then, and just tune into this very important part of us that is our physical structure and our temple that helps us navigate and move in this world. So yeah, it's just definitely a way to be free, be in our joy, let go, you know, release endorphins, have fun, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did the marriage of dance and healing come about? Because you were a dancer growing up Mm -hmm. and then you went to massage school and learned that technique. And you, I saw that you also do Reiki in addition to massage, but how did you figure out a way to marry the two Mm -hmm. uh, to provide a healing experience for people? So I went to Santa Monica College before I transferred to UCLA. And I remember as I was already just starting to think about what colleges I wanted to apply to, there was some school somewhere, I think like, I don't know, in some other state, kind of far away. It was like the only school at the time that I knew that offered movement therapy as a major. And I don't know, something about it didn't resonate with me, even though I I was really attracted to movement therapy, something about moving there. And I don't know, I just, I think I'm learning more and more to just trust my intuition and even if it doesn't make sense. So I remember being a little bummed that I was like, I don't know, something about this doesn't feel right, but I really want to do movement therapy. But, you know, let me just let it go. And maybe I have, there's another path in store for me. So I ended up going to UCLA and studying um, in their world arts and cultures department there. Afterwards, I went to Institute of Psychostructural Balancing. And that's when I learned more about the mind-body connection through movement, I mean, through body work. And then after that, I don't know, maybe a couple of years after I was connecting with a friend of mine who honestly, technically, I don't know what she calls herself, but she's also, I would say, a movement therapist and just a, a life coach and one of her, I, I think I mentioned her to you remember, um, yeah. yeah, in a previous talk that one of the things she does is she helps women in particular take all their gifts and like create their business out of all that they do. So she helped me be like, so what do you do? Like, what are all the ways that you express yourself on this earth, right? And it's like, okay, you you connect with the body, you, you love dance, you love healing. And so through working with her, I actually developed a movement therapy technique that I created and then started practicing um, on myself and with others. And then I was like, oh my God, here I am. Like, you know, I didn't get a degree in this necessarily, but I did pay to get training for all these different modalities that I'm bringing together and then just created my own method, which, you know, was even cooler. So I mean, I do use other movement therapy methods as well, but it was a really beautiful thing to return back to that in an organic way without a structured plan. And sometimes, you know, you just have to trust your heart and trust what pulls you. You know, people say, oh, you're getting it. Like, what are you going to do with your dance major? Like, are you just going to teach your whole life? You know, like, what do you And I was like, I don't know. But I just, I know that I love dance and I feel called to study that. And then I felt called to go to Ipsby and because of what I had learned about them and being a really special school. And, you know, so I didn't know how it was all going to come together, but I just trusted my heart and trusted where I was being called to. And, you know, yeah, it all kind of just came together. 
on the podcast, part of our goal is to inspire people to explore different things that may help them find healing. Mm -hmm. But we also are out to inspire healers mm -hmm. and people that just want to help mm -hmm. others. And healing, of course, we say it over and over, comes in many shapes and forms. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's important to honor what resonates with you, right? If, if you know that you're really good at something and you can use that gift somehow, some way to help people, then go with it. That's a good segue into healing. And then you can explore the things later on if you want. You can always go to school and become a massage therapist or get attuned to Reiki or uh, learn about herbalism and all these other things, but really honoring what you are and who you are and using your gifts that have been granted to you to help other people is an important step in, in starting the whole process. Yeah, I think it's so important because, you know, we're all so unique. We're all, we're all born with a very specific way, a very specific design and way of moving in the world. And I think that we lose out a lot when people are just trying to mimic or copy what's happening already. It's like, oh, that works. Like, let me do that. And that's one thing if you're really truly called to something that already exists. But sometimes when you just trust yourself and, and your own path, you might be creating something new that doesn't exist yet that we need, you know, or we just need you doing something that already exists, but we need how you do it. Right. So either way, I mean, it, it works when you just follow you know, your heart, your intuition, your body, your, your emotional intelligence, whatever, whatever, however you get called to know that something feels right for you. Yeah. There's a lot of unhappiness that people have in their life because they're not authentic to who they are. And we're so focused on what we're not good at and trying to get better at things that we're not good at that we don't mm -hmm. really cultivate what we are good at. And usually what we are good at is going to help someone somehow. Yes. Amen. I, uh, I often think about school as the rough carpentry work of a job. When I, you know, was growing up, you were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the choices were kind of nurse, doctor, lawyer, fireman, veterinarian, police officer, you know, broad strokes. My dad still wants me to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly honorable careers in their own right, but missing a humongous chunk mm. of the potential that people have to be mm. something else mm -hmm. for themselves. And so, you know, school is great. It gives you sort of a foundation. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully it has opened up something within you for you to tap into deeper for yourself to fine tune it. Yeah, I think that's what learning should always be about. I mean, it's just ways to connect you deeper to yourself and why you're here and how you can utilize what you're learning to plug into your your gifts and your purpose and why you're here. So in one of the talks you did that we saw, you talked about mm -hmm. healing as a doorway to joy. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because that, that statement in itself is so beautiful. Yeah, I almost, I think I almost got tears coming to my eyes when you said that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so funny. Um, and I think, I think that that just happened because, yeah, uh, hmm. I grew up a really sad child. I don't think I was born that way, but definitely just with different experiences I had. Like, and I just remember even now, like when I look at old journals, they're just filled with like these incredibly sad poems about feeling alone and feeling just unsupported and, uh, you know, whatever, just unseen and, and just a lot of very deep sadness and pain. And also because I had a lot of pain, I was very shielded. I was very protective of my 
my energy, my space, who I let in. There are some, I have a, a few friends that have known me for a very long time. And some of them knew me at that time and knew I was just a little bit uh, way more edgier, a little bit more hardcore, like have way more attitude. Like if you try to, like I have one friend, like we laugh all the time where she was like, I totally wanted to be your friend and you were totally just not having it. You know, like you would just do everything you could to be like, whatever. Like, you know, like not that I would ever say you're not cool enough or something or anything like that, but just like, what's up, you know? And then like try to walk away or I just was very guarded. And as I got older and as I began to, have experiences that organically and consciously healed me. And what I mean is like, for example, the dance was a form of organic healing. It wasn't like, oh, I want to heal myself. So I'm going to dance. Like my grandma put me in the classes that happened to be something that organically changed me. But as I got older, I wanted something different for me. I just, I wanted to move in the world differently. And I was just really attracted to healing and to healers. And so I started working with different healers and attending different workshops and just doing different, deepening my spiritual practice. And all of these things just began to really open my heart, the way that dance was opening my physical, you know, chest and allowing that space to open, like spiritually and energetically, my heart was opening. And I'm a really different person than I was back then. I mean, I definitely, I'm sure I still have remnants of it or something, but now I have to like, honestly, and I don't mean this in a conceited way, but I have so many fucking friends. Like I have so (laughs) many friends and communities that I'm connected with and people that I love that I honestly get mad when I meet people I love because I'm like, damn, now I want to be their friend. Like, you know, and I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like I can barely keep up with the friends that I have. Uh Like, and so it's just, I went from having two people that I would let into my life. And if you weren't them, sorry, you're not, you don't get in. This is it. And to now I'm like, my heart and my spirit is just so much more open, you know? And I think because it is more open, everything is more open, right? So I've let joy come into my heart more, whereas like it was more closed off before. And so as I've opened my heart, I've done these different things to connect deeper with myself. I've tapping into who I am and why I'm here and doing things that I love, right? I used to have all these jobs that I just did because I was just moving through life unconsciously, right? Like I was an assistant at an architecture firm. I did, I was a door girl at a club for many years. I mean, I did all kinds of random stuff, not knocking those things, but they weren't like, they didn't give me passion. They didn't necessarily inspire me. It wasn't why I was here, but because I started to awaken myself, I started to awaken to just a more conscious way of being here and being on this planet. And when you do that, I think you have more access to joy, you know, because you're not just mindlessly walking through life. And so I became more conscious with who I let into my space. And yes, I let more people in, but I've always still been very mindful about, does this person uplift me? How do I feel after I leave their presence? Um, You know, a lot of times there are a lot of folks who have a hard time saying no. And I think I had a little bit of that, but I've really refined my sacred no. Like I'm really good at saying no and trusting that. And if I get invited somewhere, even if it sounds cool, I'm like something in in my own spirit is telling me not to do that or not to go or that you're too tired and you need to rest. And like, I'm really honoring my, myself and my path and my intuition and just trusting more. And I think when you trust yourself more and you listen to your inner guidance, you listen to how spirit moves through you, you're able to access more joy. And I just feel like as I healed, it was like, I just continued to 
open up and expand in, in all these ways and just live a more present, conscious, authentic life. Beautifully said. That's amazing. Um, you should have been on a podcast a long time ago. <laughs> 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 yeah. I feel well, it's, like- it's fun for me to be here because as I was talking with you before that, you know, it's, I love, I love speaking and I love sharing because I get to know about myself. And I think that that's part of why we're here is to learn about ourselves so we can show up the best we can. Right. Yeah. Thanks for for having me. Of course. Tatiana, that reminds me of something that you said in your talk, cultivating a relationship with joy. Mm -hmm. And you talked about intentional living Mm. and it was around the subject of how to bring joy And your recommendation for people was make a list of everything that brings you joy Mm -hmm. and make sure that you do one of those things every single day Mm -hmm. and emphasizing that sense of intentionality and not letting yourself just go through the motions like you were talking about. Is there anything that you want to add about intentional living and how did you kind of make the transition from being an architect's assistant Mm -hmm. and being a door person Mm -hmm. to the choice of, oh, hey, I can control this a little bit more. I can be in the driver's seat of my joy truck. I mean, I think it it was just a very gradual, slow process. You know, I don't I don't remember one day really being like, I want to change this life and like, you know, be more joyful. And, you know, how do I do that? Like, I don't know that it was a, a super conscious thing, but I just think that as I started doing things and I started to allow joy in more and recognizing what joy is, I was like, oh, I want more of this. And yeah, I just... It was just a slow organic process where the more workshops I went to, the more healers I worked with, the more amazing friends I let into my life, the the better my relationships and my romantic relationships got. Like everything just just was contributing to to my growth and my awakening, my soul awakening, you know? So you have a program specifically called Heal Her. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk a little bit more about what that is and what that looks like? Sure. Yeah. I facilitate women's workshops and retreats and they're usually full intensive healing days or retreats, which, you know, can be a few days, obviously. And all of these spaces incorporate various forms of movement therapy that I that I teach and facilitate to help relieve stress and trauma in the body and to find ways to really heal our stories and to embody our strengths and to find ways to feed our souls and nurture ourselves and step into our power and remember who we are. So movement therapy is always a part of these workshops and retreats, but they're also filled with a bunch of other exercises and experiences to just help us connect deeper with ourselves and our truth. And I think one of the things that I'm able to offer is to allow women to be more vulnerable and honest and authentic and to laugh and play and be silly and be themselves and let go and trust and and feel inspired and feel encouraged and i i say those things because i think that those are some qualities that i have and i think that no matter what we do no matter what title we give our work i think what we're always bringing is actually ourself like that's really what we're offering is yeah. like our gifts because like our design, our blueprint, 
what we were, how we were created to show up in this world. Why else do we have a million of the same yoga classes, right? Like, why do we need that? We need that because everyone's different. And so how one person teaches is very different from how another person teaches. I literally go to a yoga studio. There's a bunch of teachers, but I go for one teacher Mm because it's that one teacher and it's how they talk and it's how they connect and it's how they guide through the movements that I really resonate with. And so I assume that some of the women that work with me or choose to work with me is because there is something in me that they see that is also in them that they want to connect deeper with. And those are some qualities that I tend to hear. They're like, oh, I just, I feel so inspired. I feel like a, you know, relieved. I feel a release. Oh, I've also noticed that like, regardless of, because I also have different themes. So sometimes a workshop is on a specific theme, like healing the mother wound, you know, healing our relationships with our mothers, courageous creativity, you know, just finding ways to really trust ourselves and create the lives that we want to live, whether you're an artist, a healer or whatever. So whatever my, my theme is, I've also noticed that there's themes within each workshop, like, or, you know, healing space that, There's always, oh, all these women thought they were coming for this, but they actually also came for this other thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had a workshop recently where a lot of the women were saying, wow, I've grown up with a lot of trust issues around women. I've had a lot of can I, I can curse, right? I think I already did. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm a cursing healer. I, you know, I've had a lot of fucked up things happen to me and and a lot of bad experiences and they don't trust, they just stop trusting women. They're like, wow, this is the first time in a long time that I feel like I can trust women again and I feel safe here and I feel like I not only want but need more of this. And a lot of them will say that. And I was like, oh, you all came here together specifically to work on healing, you know, your relationship with women and gaining more trust and feeling safe so that you can utilize the power that happens when women really show up and support each other. I think there's an adage that goes something like, you know, a true queen fixes her other girl's crowns. Yes. Kind of thing. Yes. Um, I think of that often. Or a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Yeah. And I can relate to what I said. You know, I think that even as healers, like I remember one of my teachers said, you know, everyone who lies on my table is just some reflection of who I am, you know, and that's something I also worked through. That was a part of my own healing is valuing women. I mean, a lot of my work is centered around women, but I didn't value them growing up. I didn't value myself. I didn't, you know, I was of the same belief and was told like, uh, you know, it's better to have like males as friends. Like you can trust them better. Like they're not going to let you down as much. They're not as shady. They're not as trifling. Like just grew up with all this craziness <laughs> that I'm like, oh my God, who would I be had I not been taught and took in that false belief system? But hey, I, I'm glad I learned it at some point in life that that could be farther from the truth, at least for me. You know, I used to do workshops with this organization called the Joyful Heart Foundation and they facilitate holistic healing arts retreats for survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault and child abuse. And I was with them until the end of their retreats for the last couple of years. And something that they talked about was like, as a facilitator, we're going through this parallel process where you are facilitating a space and you're obviously you have to be mindful about what's happening, but at the same time, we're experiencing the healing that everyone else is experiencing. So I'm in this with you. And I think that's that's really important to me. Like, I think 
That's also something I've heard a lot of folks say that they connect to is that they just feel like they're with their homegirl. Like they just feel like they're with someone else that they're just growing with and learning with. Like I definitely try my best to not come into a space like I'm some kind of guru or something or like I'm here to teach you how to live your life. It's like, <laughs> no, you all know we're all just here to figure this out together, you know, and that's what it's about. It's a love community. I've always loved bringing people together. And I think that there's always something really special that happens in those spaces that you just can't create by yourself. I mean, healing by yourself is also very important that, that yeah. no doubt I'm not taking anything away from that, but I just love also community healing spaces and how we get to create something, you know, really special experience that can't be created any other time with this exact people at this exact place. Like you can't replicate it. One of the reasons I love orchestrating or, you know, I love organizing and facilitating healing spaces is not just to be of service to others, but honestly, it's always a true service to myself. Like I can't tell you how many times I've had my own breakthroughs or awakenings in a space that even I put together for others. And I'm just like so grateful, so grateful. The community aspect is huge when it comes to healing, right? Marcia talked a little bit about it in her podcast, but if as a healer, it can be very lonely. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to have other healers in your community that you can connect with and refer out to if you need it. And you had touched on something earlier about how you go to yoga for one specific instructor and how people come to you for your energy. And Mm. in terms of healing, people see certain healers because of who they are, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that's the best healer ever or they have the best modality, but it's more that's who resonates with you at that time. And that may change and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And as healers, it can be a very competitive thing because when you come from a place of lack and scarcity, Mm -hmm. right? When we don't think there's enough clients for you and you have to have the most clients or else you're not going to survive as a business. But when you come from a place of love and compassion and creation, there's so much out there and there's so many people out there that can use you and use your help. And scarcity mindset doesn't have to be a thing and we can share with each other and grow the community of, of healing and share our passions with each other openly and freely without worrying about not having enough. It's been on your mind. Yeah, yeah, it's been on my mind. And I definitely believe in a creator and that there's a spirit bigger than us that created us. And I believe that this creator is limitless and endless and and abundant. And I think that we are reflections of this creator. And so, and that we have an endless source of energy that we can always call on. So there's always enough for everybody, you know, if we're tapping into this this energy and this abundance of, uh, I don't know, I'm like seeing all this sparkly light above me right now, you know, <laughs> this abundance of just sparkly, magical light, you know, I'm just like, we can call on that at any time. And I think we do ourselves such a disservice when we put on that super competitive hat in the sense that we think that we can't support each other because we're focused on only us getting ahead, you know, because we are, like I said, we're all so unique. We're all so different. So even if a bunch of us are doing literally the exact same thing, we're actually still offering something very different. And I think that it's important that, you know, for me, sure, I could think, you know, for example, like, I had a couple friends recently ask me, like, what are some dance classes I'm taking lately? What are some classes they would recommend? And it just so happens that two of my favorite classes right now are on the exact same night that I teach. And it 
sucks for me, mainly because I want to be in these other classes, but I've had my class on this day for like eight years, you know? Mm. So I'm like, you know, whatever. But, you know, yeah, I could say, oh, I could just tell them about the other classes that aren't on my night so that they, you know, right, they come to me. But I'm like, how dumb is that? Like, I want, I want the best for people. I want people to go where they feel most inspired. Maybe they'll decide to alternate because they get something different from all these different classes. But I think that if we're really invested in the progress of humanity, if we're really invested in being of true service, that we would support each other because we want everyone to grow and we want everyone to grow and be their best so that we can all be our best and we all have opportunities to plug in wherever we want because, okay, now I'm called to this, now I'm called to that. But it's about our personal evolution, which is connected to our collective evolution. But I, I get really sad and disheartened and yeah, it just sucks when I see that happen or when, I, when I'm when i on the other side of that where I ask certain people for support or, hey, how'd you do this? And I can tell they're like holding back because they don't want me to know something because they're whatever, thinking like I'm some kind of competition for them. And on the other hand, it's so beautiful, you know, having people in my community who do the exact opposite. And I'm like blown away by how supportive they are and how giving they are and how they have no, they are not threatened at all. And they understand that like, they just want the best for me the way I want the best for them. And we're just all in this together. And why not support each other? Like, what the fuck are we here for if we ain't uh-huh. helping each other out? Like, that's why we need healing. Uh-huh. <laughs> for me, that topic boils down to simply the difference between acting from ego and acting from spirit. Mm-hmm. And spirit is a guide, right? And you talked about in the same talk of cultivating relationship with joy, you mentioned that joy is a virtue. It's a spiritual quality that allows us to tap into our higher self. Mm -hmm. So when we are tapped into joy, when we are tapped into our higher self, it's only abundance. It's only flow. It's only the way. It's whatever is coming to us. What do we do with it? Mm -hmm. Do we help it? Do we nourish it? Do we grow it? Do we love it? Or do we strike it down because our own ego is jealous or funky? That's like cutting off your nose to spite your face, you know, and it takes a village. It's like the happier you are, the happier I am, the happier, like the whole thing. Again, it's, uh, it's Mm -hmm. one big soup we're making. So, you know, I don't want to be putting no rotten vegetables in the soup if, if I can be putting some fresh organic carrots in there or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And of course it's being open to tapping into your higher self, right? When we get those messages and we get those uh, little signs, just being open to it and knowing that maybe that little thing you're feeling running down your back is something trying to tell you that you're doing something right, right? Yeah. Or something wrong, conversely, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, listening to that. So Tatiana, tell us uh, where we can find your dance class. What what are you what are you teaching? Where where can we yeah where can we find you? Yeah, I'm I'm based in LA, and so I teach a weekly class called Afro Hip Hop Dance, and it's a fusion of West African hip hop dance hall, some Latin jams. It's really a, a fusion class, and it's a lot of fun. I created it mainly for beginners, intermediate folks. So a lot of people who are like, oh, I'd love to dance, but I can't dance. I wish I could take your class. I'm like, just come. Just trust me. Just come. And they always are sad that they waited so long to get over their fear because they're like, this was so much fun. You know, it's just such a loving, supportive community. So 
I teach um, right now. I'm currently teaching at Chloe and Maude's pop-up studio um, near Fairfax and Olympic. At the moment, I also have a free family class at Virginia Avenue Park on Mondays, 530 to 6:30. All this is on my Afro Hip Hop Dance website. If you just Google Afro Hip Hop Dance, you'll find that info. You know, the women's workshops and retreats, they are definitely been traveling a lot more. So I may be in a city near you. Um, you can totally just Sign up for my newsletter is probably the best way to find out about anything going on, whether it's performances, classes, workshops, which is just my name, Tatiana Zamir, T-A-T-I-A-N-A-Z-A-M-I-R. Probably didn't need to spell that out. I'm sure you have my name on the podcast. Duh. But anyway, so um, <laughs> you can find me through my name, whether it's, all, you know, through my, for my website or I'm on Instagram, probably more than any other social media platform. So, yeah. If someone is looking to incorporate dancing or movement into their healing routine and they can't get to you what do you recommend they go seek or tune into or tap into i don't know i mean just searching what's close to you if they're not close by you know i guess um i guess just being i think you know intention is so powerful if you're really looking for something just putting that putting that intention out and i bet it'll come i bet it'll show up i bet it'll pop up you know but i wish i had a more a better suggestion, but that is not coming to me right now. Or if you could clone yourself and be in different places and offer it. different classes. Uh-huh. Listen, not actually. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, I, I feel like there's still a stigma with dance. I know mm. that I hear people who are afraid to dance mm-hmm. or they feel like they can't dance. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, oh, I don't dance. I can't dance. I So there's a wall or there's a toughness or there's an armoring that we've developed. Many of us have developed. And for a lot of us, dance has had a reputation of only being skinny girls, Mm. right? And obviously beyond, you know, our Western culture dances, so many other things. So for the person who is afraid or thinks they can't, can you say, share some things about how dance is bigger than what they might be thinking that it is? One of the intuitives that I work with said to me one time, she said, you really believe that if everybody danced, like we'd have world peace, like, right. like the world would be a better place. And I, yeah. I, and I was like, dang, I never thought about that, but I do, I do feel that way. Like, I just think that if we all just danced a bit more and just let ourselves be in our bodies and be in our joy, like that there is so much healing in that. And it's, it is unfortunate that there's so many stigmas around it and that people think they have to look a certain way or move a certain way. But I think that if we allow ourselves to kind of like give give that to the angels and let them carry that false belief away and just trust ourselves and just take a risk that there is so much freedom and liberation and joy and healing on the other side of that. You know, I I tell folks all the time in my dance class, I'm like, look, I do have some structure here that I'm offering, but if at some point you're more stressed out about not getting this movement versus enjoying yourself, I'd rather you break out and do your own thing or act like you made up the move or make up the move so that you're just in your body and you can enjoy yourself and get out of your head a bit. So yeah, I would just encourage people to to push past that. You know, I mean, I've 
even as someone who has pretty much danced my whole life and loves dance, I mean, I still have to push past that all the time, to be honest. I mean, I am a thick, voluptuous black woman. Like I definitely have curves. Like I've definitely had my own, you know, things I've had to break through with being a dancer and being in classes where you're expected to look a certain way. And I remember even thinking like, is anyone going to come to my class? Like I'm too fat, you know, like, I, which I know is, you know, but it is real. I know it's silly, but it's real. So and I'm like, well, it doesn't seem to be stopping anyone. Like if folks want to dance with me and, you know, maybe some of these thicker girls feel more comfortable to be in my classes. They're like, well, she can do it. I can move my body. And, you know, I mean, I remember, uh, you know, auditioning for a dance company where literally this guy said to me, like, you're beautiful and you can dance, but you're way too fat. Like he just straight up said that to me. So I've had some traumatizing experiences around whether or not looking a certain way or people telling me like I wasn't good enough in my technique, you know, so. So, but I'm like, but this shit brings me joy and I love it and it feeds me. And so I know I need to do this and I know that I need to like not let those experiences stop me from living in my truth and doing what I know is best for me to be my best self. And I know that dance is one of those pathways to me being in my joy, being in my truth, feeling great. You know, it feeds me, it nurtures me, it sustains me to keep going. So if anyone is inspired to move, but they have their own hangups around it, you know, maybe just get a friend. Sometimes you just need a buddy to be like, you know what? That's what I've heard. Like, I'm scared to go to your class. So I'm going to bring my friend. We're going to be scared together and we're going <laughs> to figure this out. So, you know, sometimes you just need a, you know, need a friend. Be like, hey, will you do this with me? What I find really beautiful about that, and this is touching on so many of the things that we've talked about, but by you confronting your own insecurities or breaking down the own your own barriers or whatever the conditioning has been, you're then doing it for other people. Mm -hmm. I have goosebumps, right? It's like a domino effect. So you recognizing your joy and bringing it to others helps them recognize their joy. And it's just like that and on and on and on and on. Yeah, so. that's, that's my hope. So What a joy. Yeah, what a joy. <laughs> <laughs> Tatiana, we want to thank you so much for meeting with us today. Thank you so you, much for having me. You this are beautiful. Great. This is beautiful. This feels like uh this feels like joy. Yeah. I'm enjoying. Yeah, I feel so joyful right now. <laughs> this yeah. was great. And we got we got so to meet good. we got to meet Bliss. Yes, my baby puppy girl, dog. my blue <laughs> nose. Oh, Appropriately yeah. named. So Thank you so much. Yeah, very cool. I look forward to to checking out your class. I hope that other people are inspired to come and thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you. I'm hoping that people are inspired to start moving a little more and uh, break out of their little shells to find healing and find what works to help them move through their journey. Yeah, me too. Our, guys. our healing great. arts conductor. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> what a beautiful term for a synthesis of all things. That's really very cool. Cool. Pleasure yeah. having you. Thank you so yeah. much, Tatiana. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.